Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back everybody to Black Girl Coffee Shop, where we sip coffee and not tea. So, I want to thank everybody who's been listening thus far, like I say all the time, I appreciate every listener, and um, let's keep the momentum going. If you have a friend and you enjoy my podcast, share my podcast with them. Um, so, I want to talk about something that's like near and dear to my heart. And it's basically about, so I I thought about what I was going to say with this podcast and I recorded it like three times, but then I stopped recording it because I want to make sure I articulate it correctly. Like I want to articulate it in a way that somebody listening to me would be like, okay, damn, I understand what she's saying. So this is my third time recording it. And so the, this one's not straight off the dome, you know what I'm saying? Because I recorded it a couple of times. Because it's too serious to be straight off the dome. And I know most of my podcast episodes are like straight off the dome. Like they just come and I speak however I feel. But I want to make sure that this is, uh, there's, you know, it's not misconstrued and the communication is clear. So uh, I want to talk about black women in America and unprotected. Black women, black women unprotected in America. And how it's just like, I feel like it's hunting season for us. Um, so there's this a YouTuber that I follow. Her name is Paris Milan. And she, she gives us real stories. Like, I feel like she's a real journalist. And she goes and digs and will contact people's families to, re, to research the story, to bring the story to YouTube. So that way people are notified about what's going on in different places. And how black women are being... Um, disrespected and, dis- and uh, you know what I'm saying, disregarded, disrespected, and just cast aside or cast away or vanishing at alarming rates. And I just feel like the word needs to be out there. Her name is Paris Milan. She's on YouTube or whatever. Um, and even with that, I know some people feel like YouTube isn't real and people just go in there and say whatever they want to say. I, I actually go and investigate the story myself to see that, make sure that there's some validity to what she is saying. So, um, and a lot of stuff does not make in the media when it comes to black women. And I know there's going to be some people that say, well, you know, what about Latino women? What about Asian women and stuff like that? But and I, I get it. I understand. I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody else's race. I'm just you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a black woman. My little sister's black. My mom is black. So, I mean, it's just it's, it's just a different ballgame for me. So I'm not dis. Not discarding or disrespecting anybody's race. I just want that to be known before I start this episode. But it's black women in America that's unprotected and disregarded. And I feel like we're disregarded different. Latino women, Asian women, they probably have their challenges. But I feel like from what I see, from my, from my perspective and from my opinion, sometimes they can slide through the cracks. Sometimes they don't, I don't feel like their um, disrespect as is to the magnitude as ours and I'm gonna be honest and uh, and I know some people on here might listen to me and be like that I disagree but that's my opinion that's what I see and in my 32 years of living that's what I've seen so um I just want to start with something you know kind of light so I follow um on Instagram I follow Curtis 50 Cent Jackson right Curtis Jackson you know what I'm saying get rich or die trying power all that jazz and I respect 50 Cent as a businessman, because some people don't know when their time is up when it comes to music. They don't know when they need to move on. They don't know when they need to go when they need to go into different avenues. And he was able to 
um, turn his career into acting, turn his career and being, you know what I'm saying, running his thing, being executive producer and all that jazz, which is awesome. You know what I'm saying? Kudos to him. And I know if you've been on social media, lady, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. And so, and if you haven't, you can go and Google it after I tell the story. So, um, Notori, Notori Notton, she was in 3LW and she faced a lot of colorism, racism, and she was basically disrespected and disregarded. You know what I'm saying? Due to the fact that she had more melanin in her skin versus the other African-American female that was in the, the group 3LW. So, um, she went through a lot of challenges, but you know what I'm saying? She went through, as far as I, I've seen her story, like uncensored story on, um, different platforms. <clears throat> So basically, 50 Cent decided that he wanted to post two memes about her that went viral. 50 Cent probably has, I think, 10, 10 million followers. So that's 10 million people laughing. Probably less than that, because I'm sure there was black women in there that defended her. But you have 10 million people of different races and different ethnicities that wouldn't understand the disrespect, the amount of disrespect. And when you have a black man who is disrespecting a black woman on a public platform, it gives other people other people believe that they have the right to do the same. Other, believe, other people believe that they can do the same. And it's irritating to me, and I'm sure I talked about this before, but it's very irritating to me. It um, enrages me to see black men do that to black women, and I see it a lot. And I very rarely, I very rarely see um, Hispanic men get on a public platform and disrespect the Hispanic woman. Um, uh, Asian man get on a, pl- a public platform and disrespect the Asian Asian man, disrespect the Asian woman. I don't see it, but I will see black men. We've had NFL players say that, um, I can't remember his name right now, but I'll get back to that once I find it, say that black women are like bulldogs and he had his trophy white woman. But I don't want to get too far from the story. So he posted, um, 50 Cent posted two memes about Notori and posted her talking about her edges and her hair and all this other type of stuff which is becoming a big phenomenon, a big thing where people talk about people's edges in the black community due to she just had a baby. It could be due to she just had a baby. It could be due to traction alopecia from different hairstyles or it could be it could do, be due to stress. But at the same time, if she put her hair, however she put her hair in the morning, she thought it was OK. Her stylist thought it was OK. It should be fine. And I don't believe she would have gotten that much um, negative negativity had she been light skinned. Um, there was another meme that he posted where she was next to a, um, a, some type of gargoyle monster that had the same, supposedly had the same hairdo as her. And he thought that was so funny. He thought that was so hilarious. And I don't think it's funny because when you do that, when you do that, black men, come closer, come closer so you can hear my voice. When you do that to us, it makes people believe that they can do that to us. And then it's open season. It's open season on us. You know what I mean? And it irritates me because we, us as black women, we have been through so much that we go through a lot and we can still bounce back. Our resiliency is amazing. So people automatically assume that we can take it. We can take it. We can take it. Who wants to take a bruise? Who wants to take a beating if they don't have to? Why can't we just have a good day? Why can't we just have a light day? And why can't our counterparts protect us? It's not fair and it's not funny. There are little black girls that are going to believe that she, that that little girl, black girl is going to believe that she's not pretty. She's ugly because you have people like 50 Cent that decides to berate and belittle somebody who's, who's a star, who's somebody who's made him money. So 
uh, if you don't know who Notori Notton is, she, she plays in power. She's like the leading lady in power. You know what I'm saying? She's the leading lady in power. She is just as important as everybody else on that show. I don't know their names off. Um, what's the name? Omari Hardnick. He plays Ghost. She's just as important as him. That's it. She plays his wife. So the fact that she's been on this show, been loyal to this show, she hasn't caused any um, chaos. There has been no scandals. There has been nothing that to deter the attention away from the show. And he can't um, appreciate that. So you decide to belittle her and embarrass her on social media. I don't think that's okay. And I don't think it's funny at all. We are being taught to dislike ourselves. We are taught to, we are being ridiculed for the way that we were born. And that's not okay because who else is this happening to? And I know colorism happens in, in India. It's big in the Philippines. It's big. Like everybody feels like if you're lighter, you're right. But I feel like as, as black women, we're poked and prodded for everything. So it's not just skin. But when you add skin color on that, you have a person who's a black man who's adding this on there. It makes it's like adding insult to injury. And it's very annoying. And I, I can't deal with it. I just like it's, it makes me so upset. So with that. So basically, let's go ahead and jump into the meat and potatoes of this story of this episode. Um. Like I said, I follow a YouTuber. Her name is Paris Milan. She brings the real as far as like showcase, not showcasing, but um, letting people know what's going on, letting people know what's going on when it comes to black women. You know what I'm saying? And letting people know that we are going missing. We are not being it's not being reported. It's not being the media is not the media coverage is not there. Most of the time, most of the time when I find out something's going on, I have to look on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? You got to look on Facebook to get the story. You got to look on different avenues to see you try to piece the story together. And different situations like that. So, um, I just, it's just crazy to me. Like, it's just out of control. So, I wanted to go in and talk about a couple stories. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying, and it, it's, it's, it's not just black, black men doing it. It's a lot of different situations. We have to deal with microaggressions when it comes to white women and our counterparts. When it comes to work, we have to deal with a lot of different things. We have, to, we have to deal with our hair. We have to deal with just a lot of different things of people poking and prodding. And I don't think, to be honest, I know that that doesn't happen to white women. It doesn't happen to other people, um, Asians and Latin women. It's not. We have to deal with microaggressions from, do you know how many microaggressions I have dealt with from white men? Just because they feel like they are, they feel demasculated like, talking to me or feel some type of way around me. Like they want to make sure I know where I stand or some mess. Like it just, it puts them in a tizzy. Like it puts their tidy whities all in their butt because they be feeling some type of way when it comes to me. Like they want to let me know that they better than me. <laughs> like it's funny. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, really? So anyway, we're going to jump right into, uh, to some of these stories that have gone on. So there was a 20-year-old, her name was India Mackey, and she was 20 years old, and she was being abused by her boyfriend. And a lot of people in the black community were aware that she was being abused. Uh, black women out there, guess what? I know we're 20 years old, and you really want to have a boyfriend, and you really want to be in a relationship, and everybody puts on Facebook that it's couple goals and all this other type of stuff. 
first of all, love is not supposed to be manipulative. Love is not supposed to be abusive. Love is not, you're not supposed to financially support somebody and call that love. It's a struggle love. If you think that you got some type of um, Lauren London and Nipsey Hussle relationship, you don't, okay? If you have to support him, if he's freaking verbally abusive, mentally abusive, financially abusive, what are you getting out of this situation? Saying you have a man? And I know, and I'm trying to go there because I dated people when I was 20 and I'd look back at being 32 and I'm like, girl, what the hell's going on? But with this girl, her name's India Mackey. She actually was being abused by her boyfriend and a lot of people knew because a lot of people had something to say after, you know, clearly she was shot. If I'm talking about the story, she was shot and killed. A lot of people had something to say about her being abused. And I feel like black women around her didn't understand between love and this abusive struggle love. You know what I'm saying? Like we as black people have to recognize what's going on. And I feel like it's open season on black women because they think we can take so much. Like our resiliency is good. She's good. She's good. He's just talking shit to her. He's just belittling her. He's just verbally abusing her. He's just financially abusing her. That's not okay. And I've seen a lot of people that were there in the story, in the video saying, that's my girl. I should have told her to get out of the relationship. I knew it was a toxic relationship. Why are we not doing nothing? Why are we not being proactive? So basically... She was 20 years old. Her boyfriend was 18 years old. He was verbally abusive to her, financially abusive, manipulative, living off of her. And then she, I guess she was talking back to him or whatever the situation may be. I don't know how I'm financially supporting you and you think I'm talking back to you. I, see, that right there, the whole dynamic is trash. Um, it's struggle of. And we're so busy trying to, I don't know, like black women, we got we to gotta be stronger. We have to be stronger. We have to be stronger. You should not be. And it's hard out here. It's hard out here because a lot of black men are dating outside of our race. So when we want to date black men, it's like difficult. So we're trying to settle for people. So let me get back to the story. So basically, um, she went live. She used to go live a lot when he was abusing her. She went live and he was loading a gun, talking about, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to whoop your ass, blah, blah, blah. And I guess he didn't know what he was doing. And the gun accidentally went off. Or I, I don't even want to say accident. I don't want to say accident. Excuse me. Let me strike that from the record. Because you can watch the video. If you follow the YouTuber Paris Milan, I'm not endorse. I'm not um, not getting paid to endorse her. She's just a really good YouTuber. Um, but basically, he she got him on live, and he's loading the gun up, and he's like, "I'm about to kill you." The live goes off. Next thing I know, from the live, from the time thing, they're saying that she was shot. He tried to hurry up and get her to the hospital. He was driving crazy. He got pulled over, and he's 18, and now he's about to be a part of the system for the next 25 to life, and she's dead. All for struggle love. 18 years old, about to 25 to life. And I just want to strike that from the accident part. I want to strike that from the record because this, this this whole case is still going to trial. I don't know if it was accident. We don't know. Uh, it, you shouldn't be holding guns if you don't know how to use them, basically. So it's about to cost you 25 to life. But what I'm saying is a lot of people around that seen that she was in an abusive relationship and nobody did anything. And now she's 20 years old. Or she was 20 years old and she's in the ground. Okay. Next, next um, story. Her name was Candy Laird. And this right here, this story, it, it, it haunted me for a couple days. So uh, Candy Laird, she was going to school to be a surgical tech, surgical technician, surgical technician or whatever. Um, she had all her stuff together. She was doing her thing. She was like 20 or 21 and she was, she wanted to do all these things with her life. And 
like I said, the Paris Milan, she goes into stories like real depth. She goes and tracks down their social media and see what type of person they were to get the feedback. So, um, she was she wanted to go to school, or she was going to school to be a surgical technician. She was supposed to graduate soon, all that jazz. And she was at her boyfriend's co- uh, complex, apartment complex, and um, she was on the elevator. And some creep that was out on bail for being a rapist and molester and sexually assaulting people was walking around the apartment buildings. So he decided to walk into the apartment building. If you decide to watch this video, you'll see, you'll see the video. So he's walking around the, impar- the apartment building, pretending like he knows somebody, pretending like he's on the phone. When he's really not, he's looking for a victim. He was trying to get on the elevator. She was trying to get off the elevator or something to that jazz. And he got her. Um, they don't show the actual video of the situation, but he gets her, tries to touch on her. She says no. She rapes her, in, rapes her in the elevator. She was just at her boyfriend's house, going to the car to get something, and gets raped in the elevator. He kills her, chokes her out. She's fighting for her life. He dumps her in the dumpster. 21 years old. And they got reports that there was five other black females that were reported to be killed and dumped in the dumpsters before it happened to her. So media, why was this not put out that this was going on? They're talking about we couldn't link it together. You got people, you got females being thrown in a dumpster. I'm not no I'm not no forensic files. I'm not no crime investigator, but you know, I've seen freaking law and order a couple times. That looks like a freaking serial killer, serial rapist. And even if you didn't think that that was the case, why was there no no uh, alerts putting put out that he was killing such and such? Black women. So, if you don't know, I'm about to let you know. So, there was a guy named Ted Bundy, right? Yeah, Ted Bundy. And he's actually, he started in Seattle. He started killing college, college age white women with brunette hair, brunettes. And he killed a lot of them. But after a while, there, there was a media media that was put out saying, you know, don't be outside. This is what's going on. College age women are being killed that are brunettes. Make sure you're walking with somebody that was put out. So when this, when you kept seeing black women turn up into dumpsters, why wasn't anything put out? You know what I'm saying? And that's like a, a, a literal case of us being disregarded, disregarded and disrespected. Like, put somebody in a dumpster like they're trash that's somebody's child that's somebody's cousin that's somebody's sister you know what I'm saying that's somebody's niece like it's just ridiculous to me um I just can't deal I cannot and I feel like there's just a lot going on It, it, it makes me upset that we're just people are just like disregarded, disrespected, um, it's just way too much, like, and even, oh, don't get me started, so in the past year, or, you know, or so, there's little black girls coming up missing, little black girls coming up missing, and I'm not saying that it's white people doing it, I'm not saying, but from what I see, from the stories that I've read, and the stories that I've seen, it's black men, you know, uncles, fathers, you know, people just coming up missing, um, and parents not being aware or not, I, I don't know, like 
it's, it's a collective of things. It's a collective of a lot of different things of mothers not ready to be mothers, mothers not knowing how to be mothers, people not watching their children properly. I understand. Okay. So understand me when I say this, if your child cannot articulate very well, they should not be left alone. You know what I'm saying? If they can't articulate themselves very well, like a three-year-old, a four-year-old should not be running in the store to get candy by themselves, even if you're sitting in the car. That's not okay. And, and then there's some people that are just ill-prepared. It's generational curse, ill-prepared to actually have children. Some women are just not made to have children. They, their body can produce children, but they're not supposed to be a mother, okay? So there's certain situations if you're, you're – and then you have women that are so desperate to have a man – so desperate to have a man. I want a man, but you're not doing any research on him. You're not doing if he's a pedophile. You're not doing if he's, he could be in human trafficking. You have no idea. So women, we had to stop being so desperate to have men and, and you don't even know what's what with them. It creates generational curses and people are being molested. People are, little girls are being molested. Little girls are being disregarded, disrespected. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just ridiculous to me. And I've had enough of it. And if you, if you cannot, if you don't know how, if you do not know how to be a mother, give your kid up for adoption. Give your kid to somebody who can take care of him. Maybe it's just not for you. You can reproduce all day. You can carry a child in your stomach, but that doesn't mean you know how to care for a child. Like, it's irritating to me. That should like your prized possession. You know what I'm saying? It's your prized possession. You should never be having a three-year-old, oh, I, I, let her go outside and have a nine-year-old watching. What? I've, I've seen stories like that. Or letting the, the little kid run in the store and then it's like, oh, I was doing something with my phone and the kid comes up missing. Oh, my baby, my baby, my baby. And I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm not trying to throw shade. But come on now. Times are getting worse. Things are happening. Even if you're being overprotective, even if you're being extra it's better to be extra than to be going through some grieving process because your child has died. It's better to be extra when you're dating this man and you don't really know anything about him to really do thorough background, to do thorough checks and make sure that he is who he says he is. And don't just move a man in your house with a child. With your first and even with your little boys, and even, with your, even with your little girls and even with your little boys, bro. We got to protect ourselves like we do. So us as black women, stop being, we, we have to, people don't want to, people, oh, I don't want to be single. I don't want to be single. Man, out here is crazy. And stop putting up with crap that can lead you to the grave. Stop putting up with crap that can lead you to jail. It's okay to be alone. It's, it really is. And then I, I hate to say it because I'm so myself, but, you know, it's just like, me personally, I don't see myself dating outside my race, but if you can find somebody who's treating you well that's outside your race, and I'm not saying that people outside our race don't treat us bad, but I know that a lot of black, the thing about it is, because people are going to be like, oh, you're kind of contradicting yourself. I'm not contradicting myself. I know that a lot of black men are dating outside their race at alarming rates, at alarming rates, and then black women are not being, 42% from the last time I checked, 42% of all black women are not getting married. And I don't see myself dating out of my race, like I don't. But if there's women out there and you just feel like you've exhausted all possibilities and do your research, even if you're going to talk to somebody who's Filipino or a Latin man or a white man, do your research on them, too. But what I'm saying is 
we, we can't just sit around waiting on a black man or become a man. Come, and I see a lot of this too. It irritates me. I see a lot of it where um, uh, his first baby mama is black or whatever. And a lot of Hollywood stars, their first baby mama will be black. And then once they get put on, they'll get with a white woman. They'll get with an Asian woman. They'll get with a mixed girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, so. But I want everybody to know I'm not contradicting myself. I'm not, I never said I was against interracial dating. I don't see myself being an interracial dater and being in interracial couples go through a lot more um, trials and tribulations than somebody of the same race. Because nine times out of 10, you guys understand the same thing. So let's be clear. Um, but I, I, it's hard because I feel like a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of men, black men, feel inferior to black women, so they want to take their power back and will do shady things. I've seen that happen where um, a husband, wife, she was a lawyer, she had her own uh, practice, she was doing her thing, and he just felt like, oh, she wanted to divorce him. He didn't want to get divorced, and she was doing her thug thizzle, and he killed her. So situations like that. But I really I really do feel like it's just open season on black women. I do. I do. And I just feel like when we do come up missing or things do happen to us, like we need the same news coverage as everybody else. We need the same care as everybody else. Like I said, John Benet Ramsey if y'all don't know who John Benet Ramsey is, it's a highly it was a highly covered story about a um uh she was a beauty queen, a child beauty queen, and very pretty little girl, and she was murdered in her parents' basement. They don't know who they who did it till this day. It happened like twenty plus years ago, and there's still it's an unsolved mystery. It happened in Boulder, Colorado. I remember that story. But I know a lot of details about it because it's been on TV a lot. Um and Natalie Holloway. Natalie Holloway, it, it has to be going on fifteen 15 plus years that she disappeared and it's like almost unsolved and they try to bring people to justice, but they couldn't. And I feel like everybody, if you take somebody's life, first of all, you're not God. If you take somebody's life, you should be brought to justice. You take a human being's life, whether you're white, black, purple, whatever, the person that did it should be brought to justice, but you can't bring somebody to justice. If there's no news coverage on every human being, that's all I'm asking. People won't even know about it. People won't even know about a situation because it's not on the news. It's not on social media. It's not publicized as much. But I do believe that the races and their stories are being publicized a lot more than black ones because we just come up missing. Like, even with the human sex trafficking. Okay, don't get me wrong. The human sex traffic, everybody's getting... Anybody can really get human sex trafficked at this, this day and age. I'm not saying it's just this person or that person, but... Most of the majority is black people being human sex traffic. You have a, and on this point, I'm gonna say a lot of Mexican Mexican people. It sounds derogatory when I say Mexican, but they're from Mexico, so it's Mexican. I don't know. I, I feel like some people turn me saying Mexican into it. I feel like it's the society has turned me saying Mexican into a derogatory term, and it's actually not because they're Mexican people from Mexico. But people are being sex trafficked in all different races. But they feel like um, brown people, now I want to say black people, but I'm talking about just the generalized brown people, Mexicans, black folks are just, they feel like they can sex traffic, can get away with sex trafficking a little more easier because um, they're black. 
They're brown. They're brown black people. Nobody's coming to look for them. But like, just just unprotected. And I do, and I want everybody to understand what I'm saying. It irritates me because I've been in a situation and I understand when people don't believe you, when you're going through something and people don't want to be there for you or you're going through a struggle as a black woman, people won't believe you when you say, I'm in distress. I'm in distress. Like they don't believe you because they feel like our level of pain that we can handle is high. So when you're saying I'm in distress, I feel like people don't tap into that. People don't help you as a black woman. But I feel like if I was Caucasian and I said, I'm in distress or I got something going on, people would be more susceptible, people not susceptible, but pe- more eager to help me. Like they would be eager to help me or to eager to understand me. But I feel like sometimes I'm just dismissed because our level of resiliency, our level of resiliency is very high. And people are going to be like, I know somebody's going to be like, well, the level of resiliency for every woman is really high. We go through childbirth too. <laughs> Speaking of that, okay, let me get started. First of all, um, women, black women in childbirth. There's a it's an alarming rate of black women in childbirth that are dying in childbirth. We are not being believed when they say that things are wrong with us. We are more susceptible to preeclampsia. Our pre, when we do when we do um, when we are diagnosed with preeclampsia or you're, you're having your baby and the situation's happening and there are signs of preeclampsia, it will happen in our bodies quicker than it will at Caucasian women. It's written down. It's, it, hold on. Let me get my, let me get my references. Cause I don't want to just be saying stuff just to be saying stuff. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, but we are quicker to have preeclampsia than any other race. And sometimes when you do not, when the doctor does not take the move or make the move to um, uh, counteract the preeclampsia, women have the, women, we're most likely to die. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like. It says black women are three to four times more likely to die from pregnancy related causes than white women, according to the CDC. So that means if I'm in distress, I could be in distress earlier. I could be in distress. But because you believe that me, I'm just like Karen, who's a white woman. You believe that we are the same and you're not helping me as fast as you need to help me because you're the doctor. But you should understand as a doctor that everybody's not the same. Like that pisses me off and there's people are dying and they have, you know, other children at home and my mom didn't come back from having childbirth. Like that's crazy. It's just ridiculous. It is partly why our overall rate of pregnancy related deaths has climbed over, has climbed over the past uh, two decades, making the maternal mortality, the maternal mortality rate in the United States, the worst in any uh, industrial industrialized country. I don't know why I can't speak. So based on the fact that more black black women are three to four times more likely to die from childbirth related uh, childbirth related causes than white women, it has boosted the United States um, mortality rate during childbirth 
uh, it's higher than anybody, any other country since that was, that was written. This was written in, two, in 2016. So it's just ridiculous. And it says the reason behind, behind the racial dis, uh, disparities are many and complex. She has said the lack of access and poor quality of care are leading to the factors, particularly um, uh, of women and lower um, social economic levels. It's just ridiculous to me. And it says basically black women are being undervalued. They are not being monitored as carefully as white women are. They are, um, when they are presented with symptoms that are often dismissed. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on real quick. Hold on real quick. Let me write that, let me read that again. Basically, black women are being undervalued. They are, be, they are not being monitored as carefully as white women are when they do present, when they, uh, when they do present with symptoms that are often dismissed. That's crazy. I cannot. It says, what is, uh, that is what happened to Williams, talking about Serena Williams, when she experienced, it, when she experienced a pulmonary embolism, embolism a day after giving birth to her daughter via surrogate, uh, cesarean. So, it says Williams was gasping for breath and recognized that a blood clot, blood clots were blocking one or more of her arteries in her lungs. Bro, do you know how scary that is? That's crazy. It says because of my medical history, um, this is what I guess what Serena Williams was saying. She said because of my medical history with this person, I lived in a fear situation. She wrote an essay about da da da. Yeah. So I want to understand this, right? So you got people out here paying for health care. I mean, they're saying that there's people that are not getting the, the, the necessary or the doctors are caring less because of a so, uh, lower um, socioeconomic level. So they might be on insurance that is given, you know, Obamacare or whatever. So they're less... It's, it's, it's a money game. It's a money game. And I feel like, I feel like doctors, you know how the, okay. So the Bible says that if you are a preacher or you will be judged more harshly because you are basically, um, you have a flock of people, you have people following you. So you will be judged more harshly when you do go to the gates. Um, so I feel like as a doctor, right. And people are like, well, if the Lord wants to take you, the Lord's going to take you because that's the way. But if you're a doctor who was sent here and you decide to go get your, um, your degree, and you want to do all this type of stuff. You, your job is to save people. And even some of these, and these nurses, like you, I feel like you made, um, you took an oath. It's the same thing. Okay. You sign up for the military and then you be like, oh man, I don't want to go to war. Well, what the hell did you sign up for? Or if you're a doctor, you're saying, oh, I'm going to do the best I can. But you know, if they don't have enough money, then you know, it is what it is. I feel like if you're a doctor, you should be giving your very best to everybody. 
You should be giving your very best, and it should be something that you do from your soul. Yes, you have student loans, and yes, you're going to, um, people might be BSing, but isn't your job to make sure that everybody's taken care of? Like, I couldn't imagine being a doctor and it just being like, oh, they're not giving enough money, uh, they, they co-pay and all this other type of stuff, or they're on Obamacare, so I'm just not going to do my best, my very best to take care of them. Like, that's ridiculous. Or even people that are paying for their insurance, you're paying $300 a month for your insurance, and then you decide, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm having a baby, and then because I'm black, um, because I'm black, I might not get the very best care, but I pay my insurance. So my insurance, I'm in, I have TRICARE, and I'm with the military. Like, we have, I have military um, insurance, medical insurance, and it's like, oh, she's black. She might be a soldier, but she's black, so I'm not really going to give her that much care. I know she she's saying her stomach hurts. She's saying her chest hurt, but... I'm not going to worry about that. Like, that's crazy, man. Like, I couldn't even imagine. Like, no, I can't imagine because I went to the doctor. I'm going to tell y'all a story real quick. So I went to the doctor just, you know, as a whole little exam, whatever. And I told him that I was like, sometimes when I drink too much coffee or when I really get really, when I get really upset, my right arm hurts. Like, I have a shooting pain that, like, comes kind of from my shoulder to the crease of my arm. And I was like, what is going on? I don't know what's going on with this. Blah, blah, blah. I just brought it up so that way he can, whatever he need to do, if his concern. He was just like, oh, you're, you're black, so you're already predisposed to hypertension and high blood pressure. And, but my, 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 when they took my blood pressure, it was high. My, but my blood pressure has never been high. Only one time when I was drinking an energy drink and I should have never drank it and I stopped drinking energy drinks ever. We'll never touch another energy drink. But my, every time I go to the hospital, every time I go anywhere um, to the dentist to just, you know, any type of medical situation, my blood pressure never been high except that one time. So he's talking about, well, you know, you're already predisposed to high blood pressure and all that. I'm like, I, you see my blood pressure. So what are you talking about? So are you going to try to, are you going to do any blood work on why the, why the freak my arm hurts? You know what I'm saying? But he already had his mind made up about me. You know what I'm saying? So. Definitely felt that before, but it's scary to think like I might have a baby and I'm not, the only thing I should be worried about is making sure that my baby's okay, but I got to make sure I stay alive. Because I'm a black woman, I gotta make sure I stay alive, and they feel like we have a higher pain threshold, and we could just take it. Or you're just over exaggerating. But Susie Q down the hall, she got about six doctors in her room because she's white. It's just absolutely asinine and ridiculous. Makes me mad. Just asinine and ridiculous. I th- I, so I just feel like overall the whole situation, like us as black women, we have to we have to police up ourselves. We have to police up others. We have to recognize when abuse is happening. You know what I'm saying? Not just be like, oh, she's going to be all right. She got it. She's under control. You know what I'm saying? What? She's a woman. She's a human being. And you see that she doesn't have enough strength to get out of the situation. And she's getting beat up. She's being verbally uh financially, mentally abused, and we just sit on the sideline and think that it's okay. We need to get out of these generational curses. We need to get out of these freaking uh, struggle love. It's not okay. It's abusive. 
And that goes back into me talking about therapy and us erasing these generational curses and things that we believe that is okay and it's not. And if you have an uncle or you decide you want to get with this man and you feel like he's look eyeballing your, your son or he's eyeballing your daughter, he's, a, he's probably a pervert. Do your research before we get in these relationships, before we try to play stepdaddy, before we try to get these stepdaddies. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, black women unprotected, little girls coming up missing perverted men. Do our due diligence and stop acting like everything is okay. It's not okay. We know better, so we need to do better. And, and, and on top of that, black women out here, we need to stay more um, cognizant and more um, be aware of our surroundings. When I know, and I just want to put this out here, I don't know if it might help somebody, but I know if I get into an Uber, when I get into an Uber, I turn my GPS on. So I know where I'm going. I turn my GPS on and I turn my phone on and my phone is loud. And it says turn left at Market Street. He can hear that I, I'm listening to where we're going and he's supposed to turn left at Market Street. And for some reason, he doesn't turn left at Market Street. I'm going to ask him what's going on. And I can proceed to call the police. It's not a game out here. It's hunting season. That's what it feels like. It's hunting season for us. We are disregarded and unprotected in America, black women. So do us do our job. That's what I do when I get into a Lyft or an Uber or anything like that. You're not just about to do whatever you want to me. People are being sex trafficked. They might come looking for me because I'm a soldier. So let's protect each other. And then for all these doctors out here, if you're, you listen to this and you might be a doctor, you want to go to school to be a medical, treat everybody equally. It's pissing me off. There should be no reason. Like, it's a 2019. And to me, I don't know this whole racism thing, right? I feel like maybe we were playing nice for all these years, but people are really feeling, people are saying and showing how they really feel. I'm a doctor. I'm Caucasian. I'm not going to give this black woman the care and stuff that she needs because I feel some type of way of racism, prejudice. Oh, she's on the system. She got Obamacare. Like, don't be a doctor. That's evil to me. If I go to Forever 21 and you just don't want to sell me some jeans, that's not detrimental to my life. You're a racist. You're a bigot. You're prejudiced. Whatever. But if you're a doctor, if you if you let somebody die or you don't give them the care that they need and you know that something might happen to them, it's better to be safe than sorry. But let me tell you, I feel like there's a special place in hell for doctors that are not doing their due diligence and doing what they need to do and do what they took an oath for. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Or nurses that are out there doing it. Don't do the job if you don't want to do the job. And I feel like some, on some level, Canada has the right idea. They let everybody just have health care because health care is money and people just want to go and take care of people that have money because it's the same way in the nursing home. I used to work in a nursing home or whatever. I'm going to tell a quick story. If you have money, you're in the front. You got a room by yourself or you have one roommate. If you don't have money, you're all the way in the back of the nursing home with three and four roommates. All you have is a curtain. And some people work their whole life and should have insurance like that. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like the people in the front are not getting the same care in the back. But that's somebody's grandma. That's somebody's grandpa. So, you know, I don't know. But 
I just want everybody, us black women, to be more aware. And we have to protect ourselves. And I know they feel like we're we're for tough and we can handle anything. And sometimes we just have to because there's nobody else out here protecting us. Sometimes it's our own men. It's own, our own black men that are doing us in, treating us some type of way. It's a football player. I forgot his name. But he was talking about, I don't mess with black women. They act like bulldogs. You just compared us to dogs. But the thing about it is he was very dark skinned. He was very dark skinned. He had a lot of melanin. His melanin is popping, which means he came from two black parents. So he probably, he may have a sister, but he definitely has a mama. And that ain't nothing but a bunch of self-hate because your mom is probably a, a very brown-skinned woman. So we call her a bulldog too. And I'm sure you got some aunties. I'm sure you got some cousins, female type. And that's a whole nother story about how black men, black men be running from themselves. I can't wait to tell that story because I got a whole dialogue for that. Black men running from themselves. Ridiculous. And then they be like, oh, women are, black women are so tough. Black women, because we got to be, because we got everybody coming for us all the time. You either want to lay down and die or you going to stand up and take care of yourself. And then, oh, um, um, like I've had people tell me that, oh, you're very, you're very aggressive. You're very, I'm not aggressive. First of all, I'm not aggressive. I'm assertive. I'm going to let you know what it is. Because at the end of the day, like I said in other podcasts, you're going to have your opinion of me regardless because I'm a black woman in your space. So you're going to have an opinion of me regardless. You're going to have say, she doesn't talk at all. She talks too much. She's, you know, bossy. She's docile. Whatever the situation may be, you're going to have an opinion of me anyway. But at the same time, I'm going to let you know what a T.I. is. Because I need to go home and make sure I can look myself in the mirror. And I'm not going to let nobody walk over me. And that doesn't mean that I have to come at you and be loud and do all this other type of stuff. I'm going to let you know. You're not going to disrespect me and you're going to treat me fair. You don't have to like me, but you will treat me fair. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and end this segment. I'm in this episode. I hope everybody enjoys this episode. Go ahead and leave comments on. Um, go ahead and leave a comment on um, Apple Podcasts. Um, if you have an uh, Anchor app, you can leave me a message or whatever. Anybody that want to collab with me, want to have a do an episode together, we can go ahead and do that. Anybody want me on their show, we can do that. Like as long as you're talking about something, I'm not into no BS. I don't want to sit around and talk about the Kardashians. So if you invite me onto your platform, I'm not sitting around talking about the Kardashians. That's not what I do. I don't talk about penny any problems. Sorry. I mean, we can talk about how you know they like to use black people. We can talk about that. But I'm not gonna sit around and talk about what baby they have next. I could care less. Um. But yeah, if you want to invite me on to your platform, um, you can go ahead and hit me up on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can hit me up on Anchor app. That's what I use. Um, you can hit me up on uh, Instagram at thickfitchick1. And thank everybody who's been listening this far. You know what I'm saying? I'll get this episode out there. I'm not going to re-record it. I know I had a couple stumbles in my words, but I feel like I got, I feel like I got my point across, okay? So leave me some feedback, credible feedback, good feedback. Like, um, something that I can use, not just say it was trash. Give me some feedback that I can actually use. Appreciate you for listening. This is Black Girl Coffee Shop, where we sip coffee and not tea. Thank you.